You know how to make macchiato? Nope. That's how you make macchiato. You fill a cup with ice, and then you pour, you pour milk, coconut milk, 2%, whatever you want, up to the crown, right? Because you do it up to the crown, and you got the ice. Once you start adding the shots of espresso, you have to do it on top. You gotta pour it on top of the ice and the milk. Because it can't melts mix the it. ice? It melts the ice, but also macchiato means to stain. And so the espresso is staining the milk as it goes down. And then on top of that, you layer, kind of like a funnel cake, uh, caramel sauce. You go like this. So what is it <laughs> called? Coconut milk? Coconut milk mocha macchiato. So it's coconut milk, ice, two shots of espresso, um, caramel sauce, mocha sauce. I don't know how to spell macchiato. M A C C I H Macchiato. Oh, I O. You ready, Chris? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, you're, you're hosting, Andy. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were ready. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. It's all good. You're med seven. I said, Are you ready? The <laughs> X. I know, but Chris's sound effects in the background. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. <laughs> Alright. That's gonna be a cold open. Plus Stan's coffee talk. Oh, Stan's coffee talk definitely it's it. I just taught you all how to make a macchiato, so these are like trade secrets over here of the barista. <laughs> Did you work as a barista before? Uh, no comment. So Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just waiting for a time to start the episode. Dude, whatever keeps... you want. We've been recording. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wherever you want. Where do you want to start? What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 74 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host, Andy Karaskula. I'm Stan Gaderski. And I'm Chris Sampson. What up? What's up? What up, guys? How's your week going? It's been a good week. I saw Ghostbusters again. Again? A second time. And I saw Star Trek Beyond. I saw uh, I saw Secret Life of Pets. How was that? That movie was lit. Was it? Yeah, that movie was the shit. I think it's way better than Finding Dory. I haven't seen Finding Dory. I saw that one too. More, more like Losing Dory, am I right? Yeah. Don't want to find that. That's Nemo was annoying. Stupid ass fish. Nemo annoyed me in that movie. I don't know why. Finding Nemo is like one of my least favorite. Pixar really, movies. I really besides like... besides Cars, which I think is everyone's like bottom. Like uh, nobody I've likes never, Cars. I've never watched Cars. All right, I actually, I haven't watched Cars either. You you never watched Cars? No. Don't do it. <laughs> don't start. You're at a good point in your life where you don't need to start. I wrote a review of Star Trek Beyond on Twitter. You guys want to hear my review? Yeah. All right. Shoot, man. <clears throat> Just saw Star Trek Beyond. It was a dandy space romp with all your favorite star friends. Would recommend. I rate it four out of five Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> what, was there Beastie Boys in the soundtrack again? Oh, it comes at a very pivotal moment in the movie, and I think it makes the movie. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's really good. What, what song? What song? Like, uh, like sabotage. Monkey, monkey. Damn. Sabotage. Sabotage. Yeah. Was, oh, so the, that was the first one as well, right? Yeah. It was. That was perfect. Honestly, there was a little. I don't want to spoil it, but there was a little joke where they're like, "Ah, oh, classical music." <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of the best parts. Yeah. You know what else I did? I don't want to like monopolize this opening, but I beat Mario Land two for the first time. Which, I don't know if you guys know about this, but it's the first, like, appearance of Wario yeah. as a character in Mario Land 2. And I like Mario Land 2, mostly because it's not about Mario trying to save a princess. It's about Mario trying to collect rent money so Wario won't evict him from his house. <laughs> and at the end, you gotta bring him the rent money and then beat him up and kick him out. And that's the whole game. 
there's a zone where you're in space and there's like moon gravity and shit. And there's, there's, I'm pretty sure Mario is like hardcore on drugs in Mario Land 2 because he, there's one where he's like really small inside of his house. There's like one where he's got to climb through a robot version of himself. The fuck? Yeah, it's, it's insane. Anyway, how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as yours, apparently. I've actually never played that game, so it's really good. I'm glad I, I got around to beating it. It's it's not really it's not really long, but Mario it's very... World though. Oh yeah, of course, Mario. That World. game is shit. Yeah, I've Chris. been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. I know you have a lot. Chris, how's your week? I'm gonna get to. That uh, was great. Um, I had a really nerdy weekend this uh this time around. The new the new Magic the Gathering set came out, so I got it. It's a fantastic set. It's, again. Crazy out love crashing gothic horror colliding together into amazing, amazing art and mechanics and stuff. So I'm really excited to play with my friends with that. Um, and then yesterday I w- went to one of the Smithsonian museums. They're doing a, a Hong Kong cinema film festival. And I watched uh, the movie The Mermaid. And this is a Stephen Chow's latest movie oh quote-unquote latest movie uh came out in 2015 but it completely shattered all movie going records in china and it is really hilarious it's like a weird take on the little mermaid basically like there's like it's it also has a very political message it's basically all these mermaids are dying because the entire world is being polluted so these mermaids get together and they try to assassinate the leader of this plan and it's just really funny, really over the top, uh, classic Stephen Chow. And I had so much fun watching it. And even before, it was really great because there's this 50 year old lady who was playing Pokemon Go, and we started ner- nerding out about Pokemon and Stephen Chow movies. Like her favorite movie was was Kung Fu Hustle. So it was it was pretty great. And that was it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to, I didn't get a chance to see Ghostbusters or Star Trek. It's been a pretty crazy weekend, but. I I just really, I want to do a double feature sometime this week so I can get caught up with all these movies that I'm missing right now. Cool. All right, Andy, I'm gonna ask you this real quick because we got a beefy episode. We need to move along, but you've been absent. Yeah. I need to know your thoughts on Pokemon Go. The game's amazing. I'm addicted. I got that shit. I'm uh. What's my Pokemon's at? Oh, you're, you're loading it up. Oh, this is gonna be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> you loading up the app. It doesn't take that long to load. Why is it? You know what? I'm like real jealous that it, that it loads up on you. He is level twenty, by the way. Yeah, Chris. I'm level. Uh, you're level, level. You're level twenty. I'm level, level twenty. I've caught 102 Pokemon. I've seen 104. The two fucks that got away from me was Arcanine and Machoke, and it was because my game crashed before the first update while I was in Philadelphia. Oh, and that happens uh, too. Yo, I'm still at level fifteen, man. I still only have maybe. 50 50 or 60 of my pokedex filled up i've been to central park like six times this in the past like two weeks i haven't had a chance to do that is there any good moms over there in that park a lot uh the other night there was a dragonite there was a gyarados there was uh lickitung lapras chansey uh kabuto kabutops uh almost star there are a lot of good ones Mm. I missed out on because I didn't go. But mm-hmm. so you're liking it. I'm liking it. All right. And I hear there, uh, there's talk that uh, Johto is going to be an update in November. 
November. I think that's too soon. For I me. think so too. I would say I want to say like at least a year. That's what I was saying. You know, let us let us settle in first. And on top of that, get the uh, Pokemon Go Plus. Yeah, still don't have that. Don't shit. you have that pre-ordered? I have it pre-ordered. Gotta get that. They're supposed to drop at the end of the month. That's what they say, but they're not giving a release date or anything. Not even Amazon has a release date. They have it as April. I mean, uh, January. Well, that's wrong. Speaking of Pokemon Go, don't we have a piece of news for our news flash? <laughs> we do. <laughs> Pokemon Go is getting an update for trading. Yeah, Chris, trading. Tell me about it. I'm excited about it. So, CEO of Niantic Labs, John Hank, or Hanky, I'm not trying to pronounce it, I'm sorry, Hanky, Hank, I'll just go with Hank, he confirmed at the San Diego Comic-Con Pokemon Go panel that in a future update, Pokemon will be able to be traded, uh, just like the classic Pokemon games. This was always a intended game design, and this actually, this is surprising, trading was actually part of the Pokemon beta test. Mm. Uh, I literally did not hear anything about this during the beta test or beta testing phase so i don't know if there was some non-disclosure agreement or there was some sort of weird collective amnesia that no one decided to write about it but yeah so trading is a thing and this also will work internationally so like we discussed or like we shared on facebook there there are region locked pokemon so taurus for the united states far-fetched for europe uh kangaskhan for australia new zealand and I think there was one, like, Mr. Mime was the other one? Mr. Mime. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mime for Europe. But which one was Farfetch'd? That, that's Farfetch'd was Asia. Asia. Okay, there you go. It has been confirmed you can get those international Pokemon through hatching eggs, but now you can actually acquire them through trading. So that's really awesome. We've been talking about this for the two weeks, or almost three weeks, that... Pokemon goes has been out, so answers prayers have been granted. I I'm really happy about this because I can actually get a Gengar or an Eevee and and not have to waste so many hours because they they avoid me like the plague. And this is this is a godsend. Well, right? just so you know, Chris, there are a fuck ton of Eevees near my house. You got all the Pokemon by your house. I got like Doduos and fucking Pinsers. I have over here. Eevees and Magmars. <sighs> I haven't seen a single Eevee in this game. I haven't seen a single Ghastly. Well, I saw one Ghastly, but the game froze on me. So I, I, happened, I happened to find the Gengar near my house. Why you have a you Gengar special? in your house? Ugh. Yeah. All right, so the point is, we should all move in with Andy, because he has all the Pokemon. Yeah. All right, next bit of news. Nest Mini. Uh, I don't. We didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but this thing got announced. It's essentially a re-release of the Ness. But it doesn't play any carts, and it fits in the palm of your hand. And it comes with 30 games, and it's 60 bucks. Um, I have the list, so I'm just going to read the list real quick. Balloon Fight, Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Double Dragon 2, Dr. Mario, Excite Bike, Final Fantasy, Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins, Gradius, Ice Climber, just the one, Kid Icarus, Kirby's Adventure, Mario Bros. Mega Man 2. You know, the best the best one. The best Mega Man. Metroid. Ninja Gaiden. Pac-Man. Punch-Out. Featuring Mr. Dream. Not Mike Tyson. Star Tropics. Super C. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3. Tecmo Bowl. Legend of Zelda. And Zelda 2. Adventure of Link. 
Why'd they put Zelda 2 on that? Man, Zelda 2 is awesome. Zelda 2 is garbage. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Man, you're, you're garbage. What do you think of this list? I want it. <laughs> but it's it's sold out everywhere. It's not sold uh, out. Last time I checked, I couldn't pre-order it. Listen, it will be available. You just go down to your local Urban Outfitters slash Hot Topic. <laughs> it'll be there on the end cap. <laughs> it probably trust, will be. Trust it, me. It can also, you can plug in uh, your NES controller and play it like that, which is fucking amazing. It comes with an NES controller, and you can buy a separate one for, for 10 bucks. And the, the inputs are... The like Wii, the inputs. Wii U cables. Yeah, yeah, so you can play you can play the classic games on the the actual system with the controller. So this is pretty cool. I actually have something like this. It's the um, the Genesis version, um, which I got a couple years ago, and that had like a whole bunch of games that all the Sonics, all the Streets of Rages, and stuff. Uh, the difference between that one and this one, though, the Nest one's got an HDMI port, so you can play it on your screen, um, on your HD screens. The Genesis one didn't have that, so this is cool. With the HDMI cable, that'd be really great because you can hook up your. Well, actually, you theoretically, I think you should be able to hook up like a, a video capture card, like the Elgato, to it. You can definitely hook up the Elgato to it. Yeah, there's no reason why you shouldn't, unless there was um, unless they have that like protection which prevents you from recording PS3 through the Elgato. You can't record PS3. No, they have like this, like HDM, HDC, something like that, some kind of acronym that prevents you from doing it for piracy reasons. So that way, so that way, you can't play like a, a Blu-ray and then just record it through the PS3. Okay, because I'm pretty sure I most definitely recorded some Kingdom Hearts 2 gameplay. I tried it with it, unless you have a different version of the Elgato, because the one that I have, the one oh, for the PS4. Oh, you're right. You're right. The HD60 version is only, it can't record the PS3, but if you have the, the, the one generation before yeah. that. Yep, could... that's the one that I have. I remember doing my research for that, and yeah. that's why I bought the like the previous one rather than yeah. the newer one. I have the, the HD60. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty good. I can't wait. I want. I really want this. I think it's it's great. And it's going to, they're going to have the, um, the virtual console kind of editions uh, where you can create safe states, etc. So you don't have to you don't have to really fuck with the old NES way of playing these games. The downside, no carts and no ability to add any extra games to relight the internet. The bright side, I might be able to beat Ghost and Goblins now. Oh yeah. And well I'm I mean like Final Fantasy, I'm sure I had a save I don't know. Final Fantasy. Mega Man 2 also, which is just a pain in the ass. Castlevania. Yeah. There's a lot of games I'm happy that that this got save states for. Punch Out. <laughs> oh yeah, Punch Out for sure. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, which is brutally difficult. Unless if you save state at the wrong time in that game, then you're fucked. Listen, you ever try to play Ninja Gaiden? You're just fucked from the beginning. All right, that's it. Next. Sega did a Sonic 25th anniversary stream, which is apparently. A train wreck, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. I just watched the trailers that came out after. There was two. Sonic Mania, which is sort of a 2D sequel for the original Sonic games, but not like Sonic 4, which people tend to hate. Uh, this one has the 16-bit Genesis-style graphics, but like Shovel Knight, it's a little bit more advanced. Um, the animations are a little bit more complex, and it's said to have... Remixed zones, like reimagined zones from the first Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD, 
in addition to additional zones in that sort of Genesis 16-bit graphic style. So this is Mega Man, Mega Man 10. Yeah, this is basically uh, Sonic's version of like a Mega Man 9, 10 situation where it's just a new one in the old graphical style. And it looks, it looks awesome. It looks beautiful. I don't think it'll cost like a lot. Probably like 10 bucks. Yeah, I'm thinking like a, like, like a Shovel Knight style price is like 20, like 15, 20 bucks. Um, but it looks great. I'm wondering how long the game is going to be. Because they're going to have all those zones, plus the new zones, plus you can play it as Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. It's going to be a meaty, a beefy, since this is this the, the word of the week <laughs> this week, a beefy a version of Sonic. They also dropped a trailer for Sonic Project, which is coming next year. That game looks great. Um, It looks like a sequel to Generations 1. It's Sonic. not a sequel to Generations but listen, there's you got I know you got little fat Sonic and you got big boy Sonic, so it looks a lot like Generations Two. It's the same, uh, the same people that did Generations, but they specified that this is not a sequel game. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense anyway to really do that because they're already doing the revisiting levels in Mania. Yeah, and that was all. That was Generations' like thing is that it was all like reimaginings and and revisits of old earlier um levels i'm hoping that this is sonic verse and they just bring every version of sonic and tails and eggman robotnik into it from what i've read this game is gonna be what sonic 06 should have been i just don't like the the fact that it's tonally very dark at least from this trailer because i i my least favorite sonic shit is when it's like all dark and like epic and like ooh, you know but I would love to see, you know, Tall Sonic, Little Sonic, Bandage Sonic, Mummy Sonic from Sonic Boom. <laughs> I know I'll get a lot of shit for this, but I think Sonic Unleashed was a good game. It wasn't bad, but to that point, Hank McCoy, like, X-Men Beast Sonic. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Sonic from the from the cartoon. Sonic X? No, well, if you want anime Sonic in there. Oh, you're talking about... Um, I was thinking about... Underground? Um, is that- okay, also underground. <laughs> Alright, Sonic and his two siblings. Right? We need them in there too. You also need serious um Saturday morning Sonic, where it was all serious and he had like a girlfriend who was like a raccoon or some shit. And then the comedy Sonic cartoon, where he where he had like those robot enemies and they were like all corny and shit. Remember you know what I'm talking about? Like one look like a rhino. Sounds familiar. I don't remember what it's called. You never saw that cartoon, man? I don't think so. Listen, those Sonic cartoons are my shit. And then comic book Sonic. You bring all those fucking Sonic... Archie Sonic, right? You bring them all together. I lost count. How many Sonics is that? Like 15? Too many many Sonics. But they should make it like Spider-Verse where they just bring in every version of Sonic. And they have to like combine forces. Sonic Core. Oh, makes Sonic 1. Yes. Sonic Core. A version of Tails where he where he became Sonic instead of Sonic. <laughs> Future I don't, I don't think it works like that. Tails like that. At Tails all. With, with a gun. Tails with a gun. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's powerful. Oh, so oh, edgy. fucking Black Knight Sonic, where he got a, he's got a sword. Oh yeah, Black Knight Sonic's pretty badass. That's that version of Sonic. Ooh, is there any other Sonics we bring into this shit? Wikipedia, save me. How many? How many Sonics? They probably don't even okay. know. <laughs> I'm the only one with the with this useless information of these Sonic types. <laughs> OVA movie Sonic, where we're and, and Knuckles, where he had the cowboy hat 
and they like teamed you up. You keep talking about this fucking movie, and I've still never seen it. You have to see this movie. It is like the best movie. I think like Knuckles falls in a hole or some shit. It's like the best. All right, there's a plane involved. Metal Sonic's there, and Knuckles wears a cowboy hat or some crocodile Dundee shit. Like that's it's, it's a Dundee hat. Yeah, it's a Dundee hat. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, well, I don't know which Sonic this is, but there's a Sonic that showed up in Wreck-It Ralph, uh, who gives a public service announcement. Oh, yeah, that's, so. he's just an ad, though. He's not really. Oh, so, but. Well, fuck he, it, I want that a, he's Sonic, not, he's not, too. He's not a valid Sonic for you, Stan? Is that it? He can be, like, the robot Oracle backup, where, where they're giving, like, information, and he's, like, computer Sonic. Okay, so Cort- Cortana Sonic. Yeah, like, hacker Sonic <laughs> or some shit. Um, oh, and Sonic's uncle, who looks just like Sonic, but he's got a beard. Sonic has an uncle? In the cartoon, yeah. Like Uncle Ben Sonic. Alright, are we moving on? Because <laughs> I, will, I will keep going. Anyway, I'm, re- I'm more excited for Mania than I am Sonic Project. His, his name is Uncle Chuck. Alright, Uncle Chuck. Alright. Is that? I don't know, I'm looking this up. Just like a giant mech Sonic that they all ride into. Of course, of course. Yeah, Uncle Chuck, or Chuck the Hedgehog. Alright, and then a version of Sonic that never got turned into Sonic, and he never got the power, so he's just a regular-ass hedgehog that's, like, brown. What about what about Sonic the Human? He's like... Sonic from One Punch Man? He's like the Flash. A roboticized version of Sonic, where he's just, like... Metal Sonic? Not Metal Sonic. Although you could bring Metal Sonic in there, also. There's a Metal Uncle Chuck. Yeah. I'm fucking done. <laughs> there you go. Alright, we're done. Oh wait, did we did we mention Sonic from the Sonic Boom? Yes, that, that's that's okay. Mummy Sonic. That's Mummy Mom, Sonic. Mummy okay. Sonic. Sonic. And way too buff Knuckles. I'm done. We can move on. <laughs> All right. Well, other than that, Anna got revealed. Uh, well, released for PS4. Overwatch. And they should have a create a character creator where you can make your own Blank the Hedgehog in any color you want. So if all your fan fiction <laughs> desires can come true. All right, move on. Anna. Anna. We're calling her Anna. We established last week that that's her canon name for this podcast. I don't know what it is in real life, but it's Anna. Go on. All right, so Anna. <laughs> okay, there we go. Anna got released for uh PS4 version of Overwatch wait, wait, wait. so far. Andy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to put a pin in it. There's Silver the Hedgehog. Yeah, you know who Silver? A- he's, he's Future Trunks. You don't know who Silver is? I don't know. I just found out about this. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. This episode is 100% being named something about Chris not knowing Silver the Hedgehog. I'm sorry. To, to, to forgive you, he's literally one of the worst hedgehogs, period. Besides the, the evil version of Shadow, who's just like made of like grape jelly. All right. All right. So you got Sonic the Hedgehog, which is Goku the Hedgehog. Then you got Shadow the Hedgehog, which is Vegeta the Hedgehog. And then there's Silver the Hedgehog, which is Trunks the Hedgehog. And this all goes back to Dragon Ball Z, because you know what? We need that podcast. Yeah, it keeps looping back. And then and then the Grape Jelly Mephisto Hedgehog. Yeah. What the fuck was his name? Glob the Hedgehog. He's like Mephisto. He's just Mephistopheles the Hedgehog. We're going to move on <laughs> again. Anna from Overwatch. <laughs> not Sonic. <laughs> not, not Anna the Hedgehog. Not the Otter needs a Sonic skin now. She is, <laughs> she is blue in her default skin. She is by far, from what I've seen, one of the most broken characters. Well, one yeah, of the most broken, broken healers. Nah, she alright. For healers? Yeah, she's okay. You know why? Because you... not. I played Ana extensively at the tail end of this week, and I'll tell you why. Because in order to heal 
Your teammate, you have to snipe them. So if you don't have the sniping chops, you are fucked. I play as Hanzo. I was built to snipe. How the fuck do you use, like, shoot arrows and you pray for the best? That's what you do when you play as Hanzo. <laughs> I actually know how to aim up the arrows. Alright, listen. Listen, um... I'm Hanzo the Hedgehog. You don't know how difficult it is to heal a partner when he's zigzagging around the map because he's, like, afraid of dying. You, you ever try to snipe a gnome who is your friend? It is not easy. Why would I snipe a gnome? What it, tr- Tobyarn, that guy. Oh, to- <laughs> Tobyarn the Hedgehog. <laughs> he's little and very fast and he's hard to snipe. Anyway, in order to heal people, you have to shoot them the same way you shoot the enemies. Which is awesome because you don't have to like do any alternate fire business. It's like you hit an enemy, they get they get damaged. You hit an ally, they get healed, and so you can literally fire. And that works for the same with the grenades. Yeah, you can literally fire into like a mass of bodies, and whoever you hit, some something's gonna happen. Either good for you or bad for, for the other team. But if, when you're trying to zero in on a specific person, that gets really difficult to do, especially if you're sniping from a far away position because you have to aim dead on. The way you would a, a sniper, because she's a sniper. I feel like anyone who plays as Widowmaker could pick this character up, like, yeah. crazy Also, good. her damage input is not the same as Widowmaker. Well, no, because Widowmaker's made for damage, yeah. not healing. And that's why it, it doesn't, she doesn't seem broken to me, she seems balanced, because it's like, you're not putting out the same amount of damage, but to balance it out, you are putting out healing, and you can do long-distance healing, but you need to be able to be on the money when you're firing. It doesn't have to be a headshot, but you gotta be able to, to, to knock on somebody... From a distance. Unless you're, like, up in them, which is not wise to do if you're a sniper. And the thing about the grenades is awesome, too, because you can throw it into a group. It'll heal your friends and damage your enemies, but you can also use it to heal yourself. So if you're sniping and you're getting hit from far away, you can duck behind the corner and then just pop a grenade at your feet and it'll heal heal you. And you can, like, turn back around and start firing again. And then the sleep dart is awesome, too, but you also need to be really accurate with that because it's, like, very, like... You know, very like small, like crosshair wise, and you gotta like you try to if you try to to fucking put to sleep a Genji while he's running at you with his like dragon sword shit, you better be good. You better be um, Furiosa and Mad Max good with with the rifles. Be able to hit people coming at you like that. That's all I'm saying. But she's very fun to use. Not my not good enough to be. My main, that's still D.Va, but she's definitely a good pocket character for me. Spe- speaking of D.Va, speaking of D.Va, did you see the updates for D.Va? No. Awesome. Keep going. What were you going to say? What, what are the D.Va updates? So, you know her defense matrix? Yeah. It used to be you would hit the like R1 or something on the PS4, and it would bring up her shield, and then it would go away after a few <laughs> seconds, and you had to wait 10 seconds for it to come back. What they did is they changed it so it's now an alternate fire, but it only takes one second to cool down. And it's um you can lower it and raise it whenever you want, pretty much, but there's a, a bar that drains the longer you use it, and it recharges when you're when it's not in use. So you can have it up for like two seconds if you need to turn a corner, lower it, it'll recharge. That's that's so you, a lot better. Yeah, so you can keep doing it off and on. And if you use it strategically, you can pretty much shield yourself as much as you need to if if you know what you're doing. And then you combine that with her her dashes. And I I think her damage input is increased, but I I could be like just imagining that. Well, they needed to do something with her because she was the shittiest tank. 
I I she was my I used her extensively before the update and I had I had I had to get around the defense matrix stuff and figure out how to use her but I used her pretty well. But once this update hit, new story, game changer. Have you played as her yet? Yeah, it's like it's so much different in a good way, you know. So much more versatile on how to use her. My main in Overwatch is Hanzo. I know it is. And then my uh <laughs> my second go-to is always Junkrat. Junkrat's really good too. He's fucked. I I love using Junkrat. But yeah. So Anna's Anna's here. Awesome. I don't like any of her skins though. She's really? like the one character who I don't like her ultimate. You know what skins. they should have done? They should have got permission from Capcom and got her a Rebecca skin. Or a Sniper Wolf skin. For your skin. Come yeah. on. Make her bald. Yeah. A little grease on the I head. I feel like who who had like Furiosa skin? Someone had some like Mad Max looking ass skin. Well, Diva has that um, the scavenger the, look, the wasteland. Yeah, that scavenger. Stuff. And um, a lot of characters have like wasteland style alts. Like even Anna's got like uh, she looks like Desert Punk. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that cartoon character guy. But yeah, and is really good. Great addition. And uh, go play her. She's available for PC and all all the content. And it's free. And free. That's the best part. It's free. What a great idea. It doesn't fracture the player base at all. And it justifies having paid uh, fucking microtransactions. Have you paid microtransactions? I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. Let's move right on. Uh, no, 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 no. Stan, Stan. I can't. Did you... Were you trying to get some loot boxes and were you screwed over? We're moving on. Oh, that's right. a yes. Okay. Um, in my yeah, def- my in my defense, I traded in some games to get Overwatch, so I only p- paid fifteen bucks out of pocket for it. So spending about twenty bucks on loot boxes perfectly justified. Let's move on. It's fine. I paid twenty dollars so far in Pokemon Go. There you go. See, whatever floats your boat. Listen, I'm willing to spend at least forty. That's how much I pay for a Pokemon game. That's how much I'll put out in this game. There you go. Justify. I. You know, 20, 20 bucks loot box is not bad if you only spent 15 bucks in the game. That's how I sleep at night. And we are moving on. <laughs> I haven't used microtransactions for Go or Overwatch. But then again, you know, I did play League for a very long time. So I, you know, skins. Ugh. That's how they get you. But anyway. But, you know, it's balanced out by all the free DLC. It is. So I, it doesn't bother It's not me. even DLC. They update the game and just throw it in for you. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. That's even better. Just wake up, new character. Yeah, I was, I was like, shit, I need to download the new character. Oh, the updates and oh, it's Anna's right there. there. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't have, okay. don't have to do anything. That game is so good, by the way. Moving on. Moving on. Chris, your topic for our first topic. Uh, this is my latest obsession. If you're on the Facebook group, stand. Yeah. Oh, I said the Facebook group. Facebook. Oh shit! No, I'm sorry. Facebook.com slash GrooveSizeSuperNerdPals. Thank you. Uh, I cannot stop talking about uh, this show. Netflix's uh, latest show came out last Friday, the 15th, Stranger Things. Um, Stan, I know you haven't seen it yet. Actually, Andy, um, you- Kirsty and I saw the first episode today together. So Okay. So awesome. I saw the first episode. Very good. And uh, Andy? Stranger Things. Have not seen it. it it's, I only saw the first episode, but it's, it's really good. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Mm. 
Choice, so choice. So um, I'm already on my second watch through of it because it's that good. Spoiler free, Chris, all right? I know. It's going to be spoiler free, of course. Um, But I really want to write like a blog post about it. Anyway, so um, this came out last Friday. It's uh, a supernatural sci-fi horror TV series. It's pretty short. It's uh, eight episodes, about 45 to 50 minutes each. It's created by the Duffer Brothers. And I have not heard of these guys ever before, but now I would I will religiously follow them because like the work they've done is incredible. So a very short, non-spoilerly uh, synopsis: the show takes place in the 1980s in uh, Indiana, uh, Hawkins, Indiana. A young boy named Will vanishes uh, from the town mysteriously. No one knows what happens to him. Uh, his friends, he has three other friends, they're all the same age. Uh, they were like around like twelve, like 12, eleven or twelve years old. So these kids and their families and the the town itself—it's a very small town. They all look for this kid. They all trying to figure what's going on. And a mysterious girl appears out of nowhere, and she has strange powers. So the search for Will, the the kid, and who and what and where this girl came from and her backstory—they interweave together. And they're trying to figure out this this giant mystery. It's a very simple plot, but how it's delivered, it is so so choice. It's a very it's a giant love letter to the '80s. So I mean, we've had we've had like this incredible resurgence of like '80s love in like the past couple of years. So you had like Kung Fury, uh, Turbo Kid, uh, Drive, and with like bringing back synthwave and stuff. This is like a, a callback to. A lot of the like, I really iconic coming of age stories that we've all watched when we we're younger, so uh, and also like childhood adventure stories. So you have your Spielberg, you know, like E.T. and you know the Goonies, uh, a little bit of the Sandlot, and then you also have um, some really cool dark supernatural mystery stuff thrown in. So there's a lot of influences of Stephen King. Like Carrie or Stand by Me or the, its novelization, uh, The Body. You also have lots of cool music uh, that's very reminiscent of the, of the time. So it's very heavy on the John Carpenter synth type of soundtracks. Again, like synthwave. It's it's giving it's giving like those classic eighty soundtracks a fresh coat of paint. You also have some really cool video game and anime references. Um, they, they were doing some in, uh, interviews, and there's hints of like Silent Hill and Half Life, um, as well as like uh, Akira in, in this. So it's a very eclectic but awesome mix of all these classic 80, 80s properties. Oh, geez. I, I, I like, I even think about it right now, I'm just shocked, speeches at how incredible the story is. A lot of it, you can trace it to all these elements of other movies that have done the same thing, but it does it in a really fresh new way. The pace is incredible. The characters are super well developed, and uh, a lot of a lot of the press and a lot of people are, are analyzing it. You know, it is a love letter to like Stephen King and Goonies and E.T. Um, or what I appreciate a lot about this is it roots the time and the characters and how they act and how they identify themselves and how they work out and uh through Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons and Dragons the game and like the culture and the fandom plays a heavy role in this and it's an ingenious way to uh inform how the characters are and it's also a really incredible framing device for the plot 
And I don't think I've ever seen anything, like, any property treat Dungeons and Dragons in such a respectful and positive manner. You have other shows like Dexter's Laboratory, uh, Community. They ha- they have a Dungeons and Dragons episodes, but it was also like a one trick pony. And not to say that those shows, their adaptations were they there weren't disrespectful or, or they weren't made out of love. But with Dungeons and Dragons and Stranger Things, it's a very I was so surprised. It was a very consistent and elevating in importance kind of plot device and i couldn't i like i i love dungeons and dragons i've been playing it for um pretty long time and i really appreciate that the cast you have the some of the cast is uh, i've never heard before or there's a lot of new talent Uh, i think the the casting director whoever he or she is give them a giant bonus all the casting is really spot on and i think to date this is my all-time favorite performance of Winona Ryder. I've actually, I, I come to think, I don't think I've seen a lot of her films besides Edward Scissorhands. Um, I'm drawing a blank of what other films she's done, but hands down, like she, uh, she plays the mother of Will, the kid who disappears. It's incredible what she does. Like she has an incredible range and. She really sells it home of like of what a parent would do in that situation. Just the rest of the cast revolves around uh, around that anchor of of this sort of Twin Peaks type of situation where it's like a small town where nothing really special or ordinary happens, and then something crazy like like super crazy and something far beyond what they could ever conceive. Sort of like like an X Filesy. Love crashing kind of horror. It builds a lot like a Spielberg f- film, so like Jaws, where it's a very slow burn. You get teases of what happens, and it makes you start to question things, and then it pays off at the end, and your mind just ex- explodes from the inside out, and you just your jaw. You have to pick it off of the floor because of the reveals and the twists and turns. Uh, it's just oh, so good. So, so, so I take it it's good. <laughs> It's oh oh <laughs> yeah it's a, it's good it's good <laughs> yeah um, Kirsten I saw the first episode and I definitely got the um, the sense that it was Twin Peaks meets the Goonies and I, I like you said I really like the Dungeons and Dragons like through line and the whole thing about like the fireball fireball spell versus the protection spell and <clears throat> and the monster and all that stuff was really cool and the way they put it into the first episode was really really nice because it. It gave you an, a sense of where the plot was going, but also gave you a sense of who these kids were exactly. and their friendships. And I thought it was a good storytelling device. And it just it, it gave them all like cool character quirks that that come up later. So I thought that was good. And music is, is like so awesome. It's like somebody took an HD camera, went back to the '80s, and filmed a TV show, more or mm-hmm. less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of synth weight, but there's also a lot of like. M- music from the era that's pretty iconic so the, or the clash uh should i stay or should i go i think there was like sunglasses at, at night was playing in another episode so a lot of the soundtrack was pulled from the same era so that's it's a really good uh world building point that they there were very, everything everything that was put into this uh show is is there for a reason it, it has it serves a purpose um it's really apparent you know on my second watch through like um like like you said before stan like uh when i watched the 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 pilot again 
something in my head clicked. Like it just struck home, like how really, really, really integral and important like Dungeons and Dragons is, uh, as well as the music. Some of the music mimics or foreshadows what happens later in the episode or later on in the series. So that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice tease or a nice clue to look out for. So if you had to rate it, five out of five monsters. Oh, it's so good. Actually, six that's out of five a, monsters. That's a lot of monsters. I'd, that's too many monsters for me. How many hedgehogs? 20 out of five hedgehogs. So that's 400%. That's too many hedgehogs. Too many he- I mean, did, I mean, we, we listed off like 20 hedgehogs at the beginning of the episode. So I think it's kind of out. I think it's kind of justified. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one's listening anymore because of the hedgehog shit. Probably not. <laughs> but, but you guys should listen now because Stranger Things just watch it. I, I I watched. I started watching this Wednesday night, like around like seven or eight, and I finished it at five a.m. in the morning, and then I got an hour of sleep, and then I went to work, and, I, and then I started watching it like later that night again because I I love it so much. That's how much I loved it. I I my sleep is very very erratic as it is, and you know screw it. This show, I will, it's I will try it. to I will try to binge this show for you, Chris. It is definitely worth a watch. I think it's it's. I can't wait to start to to finish watching it. Um, we're it's gonna, on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's a Netflix uh, series. Here's and I are gonna watch BoJack, and then we're gonna go watch the rest of Stranger Things. So that's that's the plan. Um, all right. So you guys want to talk about the polls for this Wednesday, uh, July twenty seventh? Yeah, yeah, twenty seventh. Yep. July twenty yep. seventh. Yep. All right, Chris. What you got? Alright, so it's pretty short. Uh, Future Quest uh, 3. I picked up the first two the other week. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, Stan did an excellent review about it, I think, last month. Yeah, something and like that. I love I, I love all the Hanna-Barbera stuff. I, last week I was talking about Wacky Raceland, and I really enjoy that too. So just give me all the Hanna-Barbera stuff, and this is the one that's coming out this week. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm also really looking forward to... Uh, the new Titans title, just for the sole reason that Dan Abnett is writing it. I, I wasn't aware he was, but uh, like I said before in other episodes, Dan Abnett's one of my all-time favorite writers in, in general because he's very tied into sci-fi and uh, the, the Warhammer 40K uh, lore universe. And he's also done seminal work on Guards of the Galaxy, which is what the movie was based on, Dan Abnett's work. So anything Dan Abnett, I'm on it. That looks so good. So I'm very excited for this issue. And that's it. You got anything, Andy? Don't have anything this week. Okay. Uh, for me, it's going to be Action Comics 960. I'm really hoping that they finish this fucking fight with Doomsday already because it's been going on for too long. Um, they need it's been to like three it. weeks, right? It has been six weeks, I sir. mean, well, three yeah. issues. <laughs> so it's been going on for way too long. Um, they've been dragging out that fight for too much. And every issue, they decide to recap the fact that Superman fought him before and died and came back. It's it's literally... like You weren't here for, for last week's episode, but I said to Chris that this is literally filler episodes from Dragon Ball Z at this point. Where every episode, they're powering up and they're like talking about shit that happened like two episodes ago over and over again. Jesus. But, um, the, you know, Lex Luthor stuff is really cool. I like... Um, Superman's role in it. I think they're just trying to bullshit whatever they can to reach that like 1,000 mark without dishing out anything major. I hope not because that's still 40 issues. That's, yeah, that's a lot. And that's a lot. That's 20, that's way too many months, right? That is too many filler episodes. That is like, that is like 10 Garlic Juniors, and I do not (laughs) want any of that. 
So I'm hoping that they wrap it up this issue. Wonder Woman's supposed to make a cameo, so that might so that's probably gonna be interesting to see. And I just I just want to move past it at this point, and I want I want the plot. They're gonna have like a whole BVS thing. Doomsday? Maybe they bring in Batman, then they will. But I'm I'm I want to see them take a break and explore these characters more, and not and not just punching stuff. Because if Action Comics is just gonna be punching forty episodes, like more power to you. I don't want to read that though. Um, other than that. <laughs> We got Batgirl number one. So stoked for that. Well, is it Batgirl one or Batgirl one rebirth? It's one. Oh, there was only one rebirth special, and that was Birds of Prey, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But Batgirl one is coming out. She um, leaves Gotham to go backpacking through Asia so she can train and become a better kung fu fighter on her way back. So that's going to be awesome to read. And then Squirrel Girl number ten is coming out. Nice. Read Squirrel Girl. Period. That's it. That's what I got to say about that. And that's pulls. Nice. I guess we'll move on to uh, topic two. The Big Kahuna. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Um, no. And he's going to talk about his Nightwing. comics. And I'm going to talk about my comics. Yo, Nightwing. Is, well, Nightwing Rebirth issue one. So tell me, first of all, tell me how Grayson ends and then set me up for this Nightwing. All right, so Grayson ends... Uh, Dick pretty much takes on this, like, big kahuna in Spiral who's trying to, like, use Spiral to take... He's kind of trying to find out all of the, like, Justice League identities and, like, take them on. Uh, and Dick Grayson stops him. Mm. And then that's... He pretty much leaves it so that the agency that he's working for is, like, non-existent. Yeah, who's his partner, that um, that woman? What's her name? Uh, her name is slipping my mind. Mine but too. She uh, she's not really his partner. But she's like she's like his boss. Mm. But he had like a love interest with her. It was really weird. Yeah. His partner, I would consider, would be like Agent Zero, which is uh, spoiler. You find out in issue thirty, he was a double agent the whole time. I mean, Spies, issue twenty. Man. Yeah, he was like a double agent the whole time, but like. I don't know. So he, so Grayson takes out Spyro from inside, and then he decides to go back to being Nightwing? Yeah. He, uh... The, the guy pretty much, like... He's, like, shit-talking Grayson. And, uh... He's like, what mask are you gonna wear next? And Grayson was like, well, I have too many. I might just go back to an old one. <laughs> and then, uh... In Nightwing... Nightwing Rebirth Issue 1, it starts off with, like... An explanation of where he got the name Nightwing from. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, but before I can call myself that again, I I have to go do something. So the whole issue, he's like spending time with uh, with uh, Damian Wayne mm -hmm. and Bruce. My, and My favorite team. Oh, yeah, I love that is, team. Is, that team is, is amazing. But yeah, he's spending time with Damian and then... Uh, there's this really funny scene where they're like at uh, an arcade and Dick feels the name to spell his whole name out in an arcade. And he was like, uh, just so you know, that doesn't mean anything. You got eighth place. Like you're, you're nothing. And he was like, what? I can use my, my secret identity again. Dick Grayson's back. And, uh, he's just like really excited to be back into Gotham. Um, and that's pretty much it. He, he just fills in ties with uh with Batman and like mm. 
Batman's like, are you sure you want to go back to this lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And uh, the big thing that he had to do before he put on the mask was to uh, remove the bomb from Damien. Because mm-hmm. in the whole, like, uh, We Are Robin, uh, Robin Wars. Yeah. They, uh, the Court of Owls, like, placed a bomb inside Damien so that if Grayson didn't do what they wanted, uh, they'll pretty much kill Damien. I see. So. So that was a Rebirth special, so we haven't reached Nightwing. Yeah, there's no Nightwing 1 yet, but but Nightwing Rebirth was so good. Nice. Um, So that's going to take me to Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth special, which I I asked you what the woman's name was because she actually is part of the Birds of Prey now. She becomes the Huntress. I saw that. And I forgot what her name was, and I, I apologize. Helena. Helena. Fuck! I don't remember. I'm going to look this up real quick. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, for some reason, that seemed wrong to me. Anyway, yeah, that doesn't sound right to me. Elena Bertolini leaves Spiral, becomes the Huntress. And the Rebirth special is essentially Batgirl um, getting the gang back together, even though Helena has never been part of the original Birds of Prey. Essentially, she teams up with Black Canary because... Um, somebody's using the Oracle alias to help the mob and is like selling information and has all the, the dirt on Barbara and everything. Knows everything that, that she knows plus more and is using the Oracle alias to do some dirty shit. And Batgirl gets together with Black Canary to figure out who or who this new Oracle is. And at the end of the issue, they run into Helena who takes up the mantle of the Huntress. And it was, it was fine. But this is shit that I've seen before. There was a whole arc in Batgirl where she was dealing with somebody who took up the mantle of Batgirl and was a villain as Batgirl. And she was like Batgirl versus Batgirl. And so this is almost the same thing verbatim except now it's Oracle. And the other thing that that this established was it basically retconned something that happened in um, Tars Fletcher. um, Tars Fletcher and Stewart's Batgirl run where they sort of... Um, rearranged Batgirl's history and made the killing joke sort of something that might have happened but maybe didn't actually happen and they changed it so that it definitely absolutely happened because it does flashbacks to the killing joke shit which is cool in its own way but they kind of just walked all over the the stuff that happened in New 52 Batgirl so it was alright but it wasn't anything new and personally I'm not a big fan of the Birds of Prey I like Batgirl as a solo character and I'm not the biggest fan of Black Canary and I have no idea who this Helena person is so I had like no ties to her as the Huntress well the Huntress is originally uh, Artemis' sister right? I, you know I have no idea Artemis is like uh, kind of like Green Arrow's I think Green Arrow sidekick mm. at one point yeah but Huntress was originally a villain. Yeah. So Huntress I don't know how... A, Huntress has a long history in DC Comics. Originally, she was Helena Wayne. And she was the daughter of Batman and Selina Kyle. Bats and Catwoman. Yeah, Bats and Catwoman. That was the original incarnation of the Huntress. And then they changed that into the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, etc., etc. So now she's Helena Bertolini. And that's what's going on there. And I, you know, the other thing is that they, in the very beginning of Rebirth, they're like, oh, Batgirl's back from Asia. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't even start reading Batgirl yet. And you're already telling me that she's back. You know, like, yeah. it's kind of dumb. And it, and it reminds me of what they did with New 52 Superman, 
when the new 52 launched where action comics was batman um sorry superman's origins and superman was modern superman hanging out with the justice league so they were like running concurrently but one took place in the past and one took place in the present and it was like really confusing and the, the background stuff is kind of doing the same thing now i feel and so I, I don't think I'm going to be following Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. And instead, I'm just probably just going to follow Batgirl. But that's what happened in Batgirl. Um, Superman 3 also came out. And I read that also. Um, Eradicator's back. I don't know who the fuck Eradicator is. Chris, you probably know who he is, right? Yeah, Eradicator is one of the four. Well, well in New 52 continuity, I, just, I know him from pre-52. No, he's pre-52. Who is okay. the Eradicator? So the Eradicator, he was one of the four Supermen that um, that uh, appeared after uh, Superman died, and apparently he he was birthed from like a Kryptonian birth matrix, and he's this when he first uh, appeared, he was like this edgy Superman. He had this uh, black and red, uh, no, I'm sorry, black and blue costume. He couldn't stand the sun. Light, like it hurt his eyes, so he wear this that that visor, and like those bread hard glasses, yeah. pretty much. And he was also um, very, like he bent the rules a lot. Like he he had like these solar energies that he could emit from his hands, and he would like criminals up and like to an inch of their lives. And he would he he used like Batman level tactics as Superman with the power with the powers of Superman. Mm-hmm. So so he's a very controversial figure, but. In the end, after the OG Superman, he came out um, and he was using that mech and he had the black costume. Uh, it was due to the sacrifice of the Eradicator. Like, there's this giant blast that fires against the resurrected Superman. Uh, the Eradicator flies in front of Superman. The energy passes through the Eradicator. And for some comic book anatomy physiology kryptonian whatever whatever logic uh the energy is filtered through the eradicator and shoots into superman that's how superman regains his powers Mm. so so superman 3 reintroduces the eradicator as a villain and honestly what's going on superman right now is literally just death and return of superman part 2 um and because they're bringing back doomsday they're bringing back eradicator um essentially what happens is because superman is training jonathan in this series um, they, something happens to Jonathan and Superman's got to bring him back to the Fortress of Solitude to see what's up with him. And the Eradicator is there because the Eradicator apparently is born from a drop of blood from Jonathan and that brings him back. And he, his, his deal is that he is trying to find, to, to bolster the Kryptonian race or something. And that's like his mission now. And he sees Jonathan as like this unpure version because he's half Kryptonian, half human. And his plan is to eat the human half or some shit to make Jonathan pure. And it's a, a weird issue. And what happens, what ends up happening is Eradicator tries to eat Jonathan. And Crypto the Superdog jumps in front of him. And so Eradicator eats Crypto the Superdog in front of Jonathan, Superman, and Lois Lane. And he just straight up eats this fucking dog. And all that's left is Crypto's cape. And the moment that this happens, Superman loses his shit, first of all. And he starts beating the hell out of Eradicator in such a vicious way that I've never seen Superman beat anybody up before. It's probably because, one, he's pissed because Crypto got eaten. Two, he's pissed because he tried to eat his son. 
So there's this quiet moment. And three, he probably knows the Eradicator can take it. Yeah. So so um, initially, Eradicator looks like he might be a good guy because he saves Jonathan and Lois from something. And so Superman kind of trusts him for a second, but that trust gets broken down as soon as he reveals why he's there. So there's this like moment, this page, where Superman just flies at the Eradicator. And all you see, well, all you see is Jonathan picking up Crypto's um, cape and like looking at it. And all you hear in the background is the sound of... Superman punching the shit out of the Eradicator. It's just a sound effect of him punching him over and over again. It's like, pow, 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 pow. And then, and then Jonathan's just on his knees looking at the cape. And the issue ends with this really fucking cool moment that I call Jonathan's Teen Gohan moment where he just loses his shit and he, he gets pissed and he basically goes Super Saiyan 2. And the, the book ends on Jonathan holding Crypto's cape, his eyes red walking towards the Eradicator and you see them fighting like you just see their shadow on the wall Superman and the Eradicator and Jonathan just looks pissed and he's just holding Crypto's cape and it's just like the coolest I think you would really like Jonathan because he's literally Gohan it, it sounds like I would like this character a lot he is you know what this is literally him I think I, th- I, I think I'm definitely gonna pick up uh, the Superman uh, like the Jonathan and Damien book yeah, me too. That I cannot wait. When does that come out? For that. Super Sons. I Super, Super Sons. Yeah, I I'm don't so know if it that. has um, an ending. But yeah, so that that was awesome. I, I really like seeing Jonathan getting trained by Superman and becoming like his own hero, and that was just a cool way to end this the issue. Um, I also picked up Star Wars number twenty one, and that was cool because it shows the the stormtrooper group that I mentioned uh, last episode. Um, the introduction is kind of weird, and so it wasn't my favorite issue, and it's not my favorite way to start the arc, where they kind of spend the whole issue at, with an action set piece of these stormtroopers fighting these rebels. And it's cool, it's from their perspective, and you get this whole different, um, like, viewpoint on the Empire, because all, all these characters sort of join the Empire for noble reasons. And, and like, the, the main, the, the leader of the stormtrooper group, became a part of the empire because he was a slave on a planet and the the people on the planet basically killed his family and forced him to fight in like gladiator battles until the empire came and liberated everybody and saved him and he joined the empire for that reason and so it's his cool stuff and and he's he's a stormtrooper that uses a lightsaber as like his weapon and it's really cool but there wasn't enough for me there wasn't enough individuality between different stormtroopers um they're visually different like there's this dude named zook who's like this big dude and like he's got this huge like almost look like a hulkbuster like stormtrooper armor and he uses rocket launchers and they have a sniper who's like this woman and she wears like this cloak with a hood over her stormtrooper gear and so the the group is really cool and the whole arc is supposed to be about like this elite team of stormtroopers who are hunting rebels and stuff and you're supposed to get like a different perspective on the empire and so that stuff is cool i just wish they they didn't introduce them with like an action set piece and they gave you like the opportunity to get to know these characters but i feel like that's coming so star wars number 21 was pretty good and i want to end on all new I'm, i'm going through all of them but all new wolverine number 10 came out and i have to mention this one because it's part of civil war 2 and it was five fucking dollars and what? there was no reason for it to be five dollars the reason why it was five dollars is because it, they slapped civil war 2 on the corner of the book and it is literally an entire issue of wolverine lore sorry laura wolverine right and then logan old man logan and gabby which is the the Laura clone chilling in Laura's apartment 
for an entire issue, more or less a that's whole a, issue. That's really well. Not the cover. The cover was Omen Logan and Laura charging at each other. So. That is not what happens in the issue. It sets up this um, this conflict with Captain Marvel um, and Ulysses, who can see the future. And essentially, Ulysses sees a future where Logan kills Gabby, which is supposed to be like this whole tipping point, and that's essentially something's gonna. Logan knows something about Gabby that no one else knows, and and it ties into his future and something about like the villain uprising or whatever. But they don't get into that in this issue. The crux of the issue is the three of them hanging out in the apartment, and a couple of burglars trying to break into the apartment, and then happening to. Have happening to stumble upon the fact that the one apartment they decide to burgle is the one where, where fucking Wolverine lives in. And so they walk in on Wolverine, Logan, and Gabby, like, hanging out. And they'll, and Logan's just like, you walked into the wrong apartment. <laughs> like, you you are not having a good day. And that was, that was the issue. And there was no fucking reason for that issue to be five bucks. You know, there was just no reason for it to be four ninety nine. Yeah, there was. It has Civil War slapped. Yeah, it has it. Civil War slapped on the cover, and there's supposed to be some kind of tie-in, and it's it's gonna it's gonna escalate later. But this issue, there's no reason, and I really hope the other Civil War two tie-ins aren't five bucks either, because what the fuck is the point of doing that? I love all new Wolverine, but why the fuck raise the price on tie-in issues? We're we're the fucking tie-ins for for Secret Wars fucking five dollars? No, they were three ninety nine. No. Right, Chris? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, so why is uh, everything Civil War 2 $5? Because it's, it's Civil it's, War 2! It's the branding, it's, you know, a way to make more money, and, you know, I'm sure, I mean, Civil War came out, what, like, two months ago? Yeah, something like that. I don't anyway. know if it's still in theaters, but I, I, I guess they're still trying to ride on the hype. They're seriously milking it for everything it's worth. And it's spilling over into other comics, and I don't appreciate it. I don't mind. The storyline seems like it has potential, but there's no reason to charge an extra buck for that storyline at all. Yeah. But um, I love Old New Wolverine aside from that issue. But um, I'm going to start. I'm going to stop running my mouth because we got to wrap up this show. We're going to go into our last topic. Chris, set us up. So uh, this weekend, uh, it's Comic Con International or San Diego Comic Con. And I don't know. I don't remember. I don't quite remember how the news cycle was for last year, but it seems like this year it's more intense and over the top and crazy than ever. Yeah, um, I, last year we didn't even have like a um, a topic on on SDCC, and now it seems like they're they just dropping all like like this is comic book E three. I think we did like a a small little like news flash of like drop offs. Yeah, but for, it's, uh, San Diego, but not to this extent. But no, yeah, nothing this is that's literally crazy. like E three. Comic book city yeah. over here. It's it's Marvel and DC having a pissing contest and seeing who can outdo each other. Cause my god, like and then like, and then Andy comes through and wins the pissing contest <laughs> and I'm the reigning champion. It's 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 crazy. All right, it, all right, it, maybe the wrong Comic Con. Maybe maybe the wrong one. Like each day, there's there's news that comes out. It's like nothing can cop, can top this. And then something else happens, and it's like holy shit. So j- just for trailers alone. Okay, look, peep this list of trailers. Okay, so I divided it up into movies, TV, and uh, video games. So for movies, we got Wonder Woman, we got Justice League, we got Suicide Squad, we got Kong, Skull Island, we got the Lego Batman movie. 
Um, for TV, we got Defenders, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil, uh, season three. And I'm really surprised Jessica Jones didn't get any love, not even season two trailer or teaser. I think it's injustice. Marvel, fix that shit. So we also have a ton of CW DC properties that, are, that drop trailers. So we have Gotham season three, Flash season three, Arrow season five, Legends of Tomorrow season two. I think that's the last of it for DC stuff. There's no Supergirl trailer? I don't. Uh, I didn't see. I mean, we could double check right now. Hold on. I thought there was. Yeah, I thought there was something about Supergirl. I see something about Superman and Martian Manhunter take part in a season two fight scene that was revealed. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, we got all the trailers out here. We don't have enough time to go into all of it, but what, what was the from what you've seen? What is what is the favorite the favorite for you? Wonder Woman. Holy shit. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot is kicking so much ass. It takes place in World War One. This is the first time, at least I, I've seen uh, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. It looks really great. Gal Gadot, she's killing it. She's kicking ass. I'm not quite sure what angle they're they're going for. Like, if there's going to be, or like, I know it's implied, like, it's World War One, and she's fighting against the Germans. But I don't know if there's going to be some mythological aspect. You know, like, Ares has is, is the cause of World War One for some reason. From what I see, this looks like captain america dc version oh yeah that's what i was gonna say too it looks it this is like dc's first avenger yeah it looks fucking amazing yeah i, I can't wait for this i love that it's world war one also because you would expect maybe world war two you'd never see anything world yeah. war one related world war one like it's gonna be like, the biplanes and shit and like all it's gonna be awesome plus it'll be cool to see it in like a comic book context justice league justice league is probably one of my my favorite thing that i saw at comic-con um, I love that they, the angle that they took with the, the trailer where they it was like a, a much more comedic take with Batman trying to like find all the different people to add to the team. Um, I thought it, I thought it was awesome. I, I liked the Flash, the the movie's version of Barry Allen, not as much as TV Barry Allen, but I think he does a pretty good job. Um, overall, I thought it was cool. I still I think it's too dark. It still looks like visually. I think too dark. I think it needs. I think it's gonna look dark until Superman revives. I hope. I hope you're right because totally they're going for a more upbeat, fun like. My stuff. question is, who's the villain? Dark Side. Oh, it is Dark Side. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be Dark Side. Oh. A couple of months ago, when they released the deleted scenes, and they also with the ultimate cut, one of the scenes was Jesse Eisenberg inside the Kryptonian ship, and he's communicating with one of the new gods, which was later uh, revealed to be Steppenwolf, which is one of Darkseid's lieutenants. So I'm not sure if Steppenwolf is going to be, like, the first villain, and then when Darkseid comes, and, like, I don't know, Justice League Part 2, or the next Superman movie, uh, then Superman's going to oh, yeah, be because, resurrected and fight Darkseid. Because initially it was just, like, Part 1 and Part 2, right? Wasn't that the original yeah. title? Yeah. So I, I, I see, like... Act one is is Batman getting the, the crew together. Maybe Act two is Superman's return, and then Act three they they fight the new gods, and then the they herald the like arrival of Darkseid for Justice League Part Two, like something along those lines. I think. I think that would be dope. Yeah. I mean, I really like the uh, the one interaction scene between Barry and uh, Bruce. Yeah. It's really hilarious because I posted this earlier today on our Facebook group. 
if you pause the trailer in the, in the scene where uh, Bruce and Barry Allen are just talking, in the background, you see on the television behind Bruce Wayne, it's uh, an episode of Rick and Morty. It was the one where Rick and his niece get scammed, and they then they start... Uh, doing a training montage and taking steroids to DMX and X is gonna give it to you and then they beat him up so the so the training scene is is in the background and it's blurry but you can really you can tell uh, uh, when you compare it to another image so I found it so funny I thought for a second um, I thought that like Bruce Wayne was 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 watching it for some reason but then i realized it was from the barry allen scene so it makes more sense for barry allen to be watching that show because he's a very awkward quirky nerdy character i also like that he mentioned that he had no friend yeah (laughs) i thought that was just funny like yeah i'll join yeah and i I like how batman uh bruce wayne basically outed barry as having access to oh yeah to, to super speed by throwing the batarang at him because that's that's very on character and that's definitely something bruce would do in the comics just fucking like here you go and yeah. he, he has to catch it all right one thing and i know stan's gonna agree with me i want aquaman to keep his beard oh yeah i he, He's, yeah, he better not jason momoa he yeah, better not shave in the movie this dude better keep his beard I love the little joke at the end where he's like, "I hear, I heard you talk to fish." Yeah, that's that was awesome. That was that was a, that was a highlight. I they didn't show enough about cyborg and stuff, but I it was just. I it feel was like very it's cyborg. Time. Like, there's not really much to explain. I hundred percent guarantee that Bruce doesn't go to cyborg. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and they didn't show enough about like Wonder Woman or Superman, but. I think it's fine because Superman... Well, Superman's presumed dead yeah, right they're, now. Yeah, they're sitting on that reveal. Even though they, they released the image and showed them all Of all up. of them, yeah. And, um, yeah, so... And Wonder Woman, I mean, she got her own trailer, so why? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. But, yeah, she's got her own... She had her own, like, moment, so... Yeah, they, she had a bigger shine than, like, most of the Justice League cast right now. Pretty much, yeah. So, that was cool. I was curious about... Aquaman because in the beginning like I'm not quite sure what's his angle or motivation when I initially thought about it I thought this was gonna be like a very antagonistic like pseudo xenophobic Aquaman but in the beginning of the trailer it establishes that Aquaman goes to the surface and he feeds an entire town during the winter by providing them fish so it's like oh okay so maybe some more sympathetic character but he's, he's still badass and can still kick ass and stuff I think the most substantial on-screen look we had with Aquaman so far. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. This is the first time. Well, second. This is the second time I've looked at Aquaman. And I was like, he's fucking badass. He's badass. The, the first time was definitely Justice League Throne of Atlantis. That movie, yeah. Yeah, like right when he got shanked and like... So Aquaman's not... He's pretty fucking cool, actually. Like, his reputation is bad because of the Super Friends cartoon and Family Guy making fun of him all the time and Robot Chicken making fun of him all the time. And, but, and Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But if you read, like, the New 52 Aquaman, especially that first couple arcs, he's total badass. And then especially the arc where he had that beard for a while. Super badass. Super badass. And, and then his wife, his girlfriend made him shave. Unfortunately. Come on, Mara, what you doing? 
and, and he was a badass in pre-52 like like he got his arm chopped off but you know what he, did, he doesn't for a while he, he replaced it with like a, with the hook, a hook yeah or like a harpoon and then later he meets some mystical lady and she gives him a, an arm made of water that like sort of like um aqualad like aqualad like he can like morph his arm with water and like smash people with yeah. it so Aquaman's, oh. Aquaman's pretty good pretty cool and i'm glad the movie's tapping into that did you watch the flash trailer season three the, the Flash points yeah. are, it looks really oh, cool. I, I haven't seen it, so you guys, you tell me what, what happened. All right, so, like, Barry's pretty much going through the alternate timeline of, like, when his mom's alive. Iris doesn't know who he is. Cisco's the most, ri- like, he, Cisco's the richest man in the world. Okay. Um, Cisco's like Tony Stark, yeah. pretty much. There's, like, a scene where Barry's talking to Joe, and Joe's like, don't act like you know who I am. And, like... Wow. Yeah, it's some, like, intense shit. Iris is, like... I don't know. I guess Barry kind of gets Iris to, like, fall in love with him in this universe. But the best scene, by far... He has Zoom trapped in, like, this cage. And Zoom is, like, this is what makes you more of a worse villain than I am. And he's, like, what are we going to call this world? I think we should call it Flashpoint. I was, like, yes! Done! Wally West is the Flash, right? Yeah, Wally West is the Flash. And, um... And that, then that confirms Harrison Wells is just alive, right? There's OG Harrison. Uh, they said that Harrison is gonna. Well, he's you know. he's a series regular for this. Yeah, season. he's done. So, um, but is, it's gonna be. It's not Earth Two. It's it's original. Right? I don't know because it's the red and black Reverse Flash. Or I don't know if it's the Reverse Flash. People have been saying that it might be the Black Rider, mm. but. I, it looks exactly like New 52 Reverse Flash. I really hope there isn't another fucking speedster as the main villain. Like, three seasons of this shit? Come on, give me a break. Give, give King Shark access to the Speed Force. <laughs> <laughs> they could speed also shark. do, uh... They might be able to do, like, the Ice Villains. That would be fucking dope. The Just Ice League. <laughs> Killer Frost, Captain Cold, Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero. It would be fucking awesome. Elsa. Ice Mario. Elsa. <laughs> yeah. And then I know with Legends of Tomorrow, they said that they're going to introduce the um, the Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom will make their appearance in Season 2. It will be Malcolm Merlin, Damian Dark, and the Reverse Flash, and Captain Cold. Nice. So DC TV looks like it's going to be really awesome. No surprises there. Can't wait. Can't I mean, DC TV has been killing it since like... Oh, yeah. Since season three of Arrow. And, and now that Supergirl's on the CW, we're going to have some crazy-ass Justice League-level like crossovers going on. Can't wait. Do you know what really, I'm really excited about and interested in? Um, Gotham season three. The guy, or the kid who plays Bruce Wayne, he still looks too young to be the appropriate age for Bruce Wayne. But they're introducing elements from Batman Year One already, where like he confronts his... Uh, it's not Joe Chill in this universe, but he confronts his uh, parents' killer. And then Gotham's being pulled even more into insanity. They're also introducing fuck ton of new villains. Solomon Grundy, Mad Hatter. Here's, Court of here's, Owls. Here's my question. The Phantasm. Well, they've been hyping oh up God. Court of Owls in Season 2. Yeah. Here's here's my question. I haven't seen Gotham, period. But do you think that they might not be they they're do they're doing the long game with Bruce Wayne, we know that already from even what I've seen. They're they're playing the long game. Do you think maybe we might get Jim Gordon as Batman before the end of, of Gotham? That would be fucking. Like imagine sick. if Jim Gordon was Batman before Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne is the legacy character 
taking over the mantle. That would be actually a pretty awesome twist. How how the series been progressing? Like um, more and more, Jim Gordon's being like a father figure and a role model and a teacher to Bruce, especially in this trailer. So that makes a lot of sense if they go with. Also, that. you you do get to see like throughout the series, you see Jim get dark. He even resorts to killing someone at one point. Mm-hmm. Like Jim, Jim goes there. So I think that that. That would be fucking awesome if he goes as Batman. That would be, I think that would be a really cool twist. Yeah, there's a perfect scene where um, at the end or in season two, uh, one of the one of the big bads was this guy who's manipulating other villains to rise to power. And then Jim Gordon like straight up kills him. And that has repercussions, of course, in season three where Jim Gordon, he's he's being sent to prison and his, his reputation is being ruined. And there's this really cool uh, clip where he's talking to Bruce and Bruce at this point, I don't either he's about to or it happened after he threatened his parents killer. Like uh, there's a crazy epic shot where Bruce uh, is pointing the revolver at, at the Joe Chill archetype and then Gordon straight up says to Bruce, like, don't be like me, be better. And it's like, holy shit, this is, what does this mean? It could be, oh, it's so good. Also, the person that Jim kills, well, like, kills throughout the season, because he comes back, is, uh, actually, um, what's his name? Oh my god, why did I just fucking blank on this name? Theo Gavil- Theo Theo Galavan is his character. Yeah, name. but who does he become after he's Theo? Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! I have no idea. Azrael. He becomes yeah. Oh, so the person he kills becomes Azrael. So it brings up that tension, the same exact tension that's between Batman and Azrael in like comic books. It's like there in the show. That that might be what they're going at. All we need is the instruction of the mech, and then we're 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 good. The instruction. Just bring in that mech, and we're we're good. Well, I want to see. The badass Jim Gordon on that one issue of uh of Gotham. Where he's oh, posing. Yeah. Batman. Where um, he's Batman. 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 Deep cuts. DC DC TV is uh is really killing it. Although Marvel, on the other hand, they're bringing some heat. Like literally, um, Luke C- Luke Cage. Holy shit! That trailer. I didn't get to see it, but I didn't see any of the Marvel trailers yet. So. Okay. Luke Cage, the trailer, is amazing. Iron Fist, it's still far off now. I thought it was kind of meh. I mean, yeah, because it was a really short trailer. It's basically like really broad strokes. Like, he, he's on a plane, it crashes, like the Himalayas, and Tibetan bugs pick him up. And then there's other shots where he's in an asylum. But Luke Cage, it's so badass. It's just Luke Cage, he's questioning whether or not he should be a vigilante. And then he, then he, then it goes into this epic shot or the epic role where Wu Tang Clan is playing in the background, and he rips off a door off of a car, and he's in a shield, and he's breaking into this uh, rundown apartment where it's filled with gang members, and he's just taking them out one by one. He's riddled with bullets, not even flinching, and he just beats the crap out of them, and that's the end of the trailer, and it's awesome. Can't wait for Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's Luke Cage, uh, so that that's coming out at the end of September. Uh, we have Iron Fist as well. There's teasers for Daredevil and Defenders, and with the Defenders teaser in general, 
it's going to tease that the thing that brings them all together is to deal with the hand. Again, like I said before, there wasn't anything about Jessica Jones, which really makes me sad. Um, yeah. I mean, why why does Daredevil get a season three ch- teaser? I mean, I can understand because Daredevil or kickstarted the the this particular Netflix verse, but Jessica Jones needs some love. I mean, that's a that was a really really great. Maybe show. maybe it's because Jessica Jones's season is a uh, a little far off from coming out compared to like Daredevil and everyone else's. I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. Um, maybe Jessica Jones will have something at New York Comic Con. That's uh, true. I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah. I hope so. Also, the, one of the, like, my all-time favorite highlights ever from the con, it, it, we, it actually happened. Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, he's going to appear on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4. I am so hyped for this. Are you caught um, up to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'm on, like, uh, like halfway through Season 2. Um, so I, I have a bit to catch up in Marathon, but now I have even more incentive to do so because... I'm just not even going to bother. I'm just going to skip and just watch Yeah, this. I'm just totally going to watch. I'm not even going to bother with watching previous Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, but I will watch the, the Ghost Rider shit. I hope he. I hope he's the focus of the entire season. I hope so, too. If it, if it just appears in one episode, I'll be really sad, but... I think season two, they did like Inhumans, right? Uh, they te- or is they, that season one? They, they teased... It like for like one second in season one, and then season two in humans had starts to get an even bigger role. Like, um, uh, what's her name? Chloe, Chloe Bennett. She like she gets like inhumans powers, and like Kree technology was revealed to be one of the things that revived Coulson. But they're they're whole, they're dropping that inhuman shit, right? They they didn't mention anything about the inhumans movie. I don't even think that's no, happening anymore. Inhumans kind of like fell they're off. done. Within humans. Which is a shame. I I think that Marvel is like, alright, we're just gonna get the mutants back. Yeah, just get the mutants. And uh, call in humans a day. Get the mutants. I don't know, but if they, I mean, they dropped the movie, but I really wish they should, they, they should still keep with it. Because there's still a lot of great properties. I mean, if they drop in humans, like, how else would they get, like, a miss... Like a Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, or like Black Bolt, or you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of good potential. They're not, but they're gonna they're gonna introduce Kamala and Captain Marvel probably, or you know, they're gonna do Civil War two. Obviously, the fucking movie, it's it's gonna happen, right? The money machine keeps rolling on, so you know, you don't introduce Captain Marvel without having her beat the shit out of Tony Stark, like seventy year old Tony Stark. Oh, that's true. So. That stuff's coming, and Ulysses, who's an inhuman, is a major part of Civil War too. He's he's the whole reason why they're fighting. So they're I don't think they're gonna abandon it completely. I don't know if they're gonna do a movie though. They could still just be like on the on the fringes, you know. The same way they're not gonna do a Ghost Rider movie. Yeah, which which makes me really really sad. Um, but you know what? He'll probably be in Infinity War, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I I just I I like I can I I. Uh, on one hand, I'm really excited that we're getting Robbie Riez, and I shouldn't complain. But the other hand, like a couple months ago, there was rumors of Netflix series revolving around Ghost Rider and Moon Knight, and there was one other character I don't remember. Um, was it Blade? Yeah, that's right. It was, it was Blade. I just I'm so invested in Robbie Riez, and judging from the reaction, there was like it was two camps. One of them was super hyped and like me, and the other side they. They they when they saw the teaser trailer for Agents of Shield, everyone thought it was Johnny Blaze, and I guess they 
they haven't heard of Robbie Reyes before. And he's like a really fresh new spin on the character. And they also revealed the Hell Charger at the con. And I think... I think he's an incredible. He's an incredible character. It's also a slightly different spin on like the whole Spirit of Vengeance arc, so it brings something new. I think it'll be a really positive role model because not only Robbie is part of it, uh, his little brother Gabe is also going to be part of the show. And Gabe, Gabe, he's a really super. I think he's a really positive influence for people with a handicap who are handicapped because Gabe's in a wheelchair, but it, in the comics he's treated with incredible respect and i i really want robbie's inclusion to the mcu to be really impactful if he's just gonna be someone that's used for like three episodes in age of shield i'll be so pissed off but from what i've what i from what i'm seeing there's there's so much hype and there's also like the promotional materials with like flames and chains and everywhere and how big i'm thinking it's gonna be like either the focus at least half or maybe the entire arc if I could have it my way, I would. I would rather have Robbie have his own Netflix series, but I shouldn't complain because my my prayers have been answered. I wish Felipe Smith, the writer of Robbie Reyes and Trad Moore, to just to get all the comic book sales because they really deserve it. This is just great exposure. Yeah. Also, fuck Johnny Blaze. He he never did nothing for me. Although I think it would be really funny if like Nick Cage just makes a random cameo out of nowhere. Yeah, he's like he's like in a diner sipping up coffee or some shit. Yeah. Um, in that same small town that Thor like fought the Destroyer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> there's there's no reason why they couldn't spin off Ghost Rider to his own series though. That's what happened to the Punisher. You know, he was in Daredevil, but they decided like let's give him his own series. Yeah, I mean his character might be liked enough. Everyone bashed the shit out of uh, this guy's Punisher, but his performance was key. Yeah. If people, like, are interested enough in this thing, then I don't see why you wouldn't get more screen time. So just watch it. Watch it and tweet about it. Uh, Sherlock Season 4 came out. Are you guys fans of Sherlock? Nah. Nah? Not really. Okay. I know know our friend of the show, Ryan, she was freaking out about it. Things look really dark and grim. The the previous, like, the stakes are really high. It's really amped up. They're teasing the return to like Moriarty, and there's like tons of explosions. Like I don't, I, I, I that kind of threw me off. There's like military helicopters and explosions and guns everywhere. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I love Sherlock. Uh, Kong Skull Island. Have you seen this trailer for the King Kong movie? No. no. Okay, so this is part of Legendary's uh, initiative to create their own world slash mega franchise. Um, this King Kong is eventually going to fight Godzilla in a later movie. But this let movie looks... Let them fight. But this movie looks so dope. Like, the cast is crazy. You you got Loki, you got Tom Hiddleston, and you got... You got Sa- Captain Marvel. Exactly, Brie Larson's in there. And you got Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. They're all going to the island, and then... So it's, it's basically Secret Avengers versus Kong. Yeah, I was just going to say, this sounds like Marvel Avengers versus King Kong. Well, like, it's going to be a training montage to get him ready to fight Godzilla. Some crazy shit's going down. It's pretty spot on, because, uh, like, Sam Jackson did the trailer. Like, this is, like, my this is like my, my favorite part of the trailer. Sam Jackson's giving this voiceover, uh, like, this super inspirational 
the world, there are monsters in this world, but we will show why man's on top of the food chain. He's giving like a pep talk, like from Deep Blue Sea, and he's talking about how we we will conquer nature. And then at the end, there's this giant silhouette of King Kong, and he's like smacking helicopters out of the sky. It's awesome. Nice. Excellent. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So, so that was like a sleeper hit for me. Like I look, I wasn't, I had no expectations, but after seeing the trailer. Oh my god, it looks really good. One last thing, the Lego Batman movie trailer came out. Seriously mm-hmm. funny. It's going to be amazing. For sure. For sure. And it introduces, the big, the big crux of it, it introduces Robin. A lot of the plot is going to be Batman raising Robin and trying to make him to a hero. But getting to shenanigans along the way. Um, okay, so we got some news. Uh, Stan, I'm going to put pull, put this off to you because you're the wild bird man of the group. Spidey Homecoming. What what happens? Apparently, the vulture is a villain, and it's being played by um, Michael Keaton. My, Michael Keaton, Birdman. He's he's the Birdman. Fucking bizarre as hell. The vulture is like my least favorite Spider-Man villain. I we talked about this before, and that was the one that I did not want to be part of this movie. But the, he is, and it is what it is. I wonder if this is their attempt to try to continue that Sinister Six movie. In the future, probably. I mean, they should probably show some fucking. I mean, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Goblin again. I want to see Goblin. I, I don't want to see. I want to see Venom, but it's way too early for this. I don't really want to see Doc Ock again. Craven the Hunter in the Craven. Craven would be fucking sick in the Craven. That's what we need. And Kingpin, those two things. And it'll be it'll be a secret it'll be a secret uh, tie-in with Squirrel Girls, like she shows out of nowhere and saves Spidey. Yep, bring it in, bring that right in. I I'm, I'm not I'm gonna hold judgment till I see the trailer, like the actual trailer. I'm gonna hold judgment till I watch the movie, and even that I think is gonna be amazing. Yeah, a trailer was released at Comic Con the Hall H, but it hasn't been uh, released officially since we're short on time. I'm not gonna run through what happened, but. I can provide show in the show notes uh, articles that give you a description of what happened. Uh, but the bi- the big the big long and short of it, Vulture is going to be the villain. Uh, also, a trailer that was played during Hall H but didn't get officially released. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, so Thor, <laughs> Thor basically he he's been on holiday since the events of um, Age of Ultron. He went to Australia and to research about. The Infinity Stones and who Thanos is, and he's he's off going on his own vision quest after bathing in that pool, getting that vision, and we're just you know stuff was obviously caught out of uh, Age of Ultron and for time, and that was so, uh, during that movie that was kind of like a big leap. Um, but Thor's doing off is off doing his own thing. He's very disappointed with Cap and Tony having their internal squabbles, and he doesn't want anything to do with them right now. But the big finisher is Bruce Banner showing up as the Hulk with the crazy Planet Hulk gladiator armor. At the end of the trailer, he attacks one of Thor's most famous or infamous villains, uh, the Demon Surter. So that's that's really awesome. I'm not sure when we'll get a trailer, but I they had me when they tweeted that picture of Thor's gladiator armor. It was like, holy shit, it's happening. We also mentioned this before, but Brie Larson officially is Captain Marvel, and there's this really Yay. woo, and there's this really awesome t- 
touching video online where Brie, Brie Larson and like the like she was welcomed to the stage and literally like like 20 or 30 MCU people were on stage uh clapping and applauding and cheering for her and she, it was really emotional so yeah Captain Marvel is legit yep um I guess like I mean for for like a year or more we have so many rumors of like um, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica, or Ronda Rousey, or even Furiosa uh, being Captain Marvel. So Brie Larson is obviously like a very, very good choice. But in an alternate universe, would you want anyone else to be Captain Marvel, or you know, Brie Larson? She's she is it. She is Marvel. She's fine. I, I can't think of a better choice. Okay. I think I think she's gonna look good in a mohawk. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Andy, how about you? I don't really have much uh, input on Captain Marvel just because I don't really know much of the character. I think she, I think she'll look great in the costume and like stands out with the mohawk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Which she better have. Also related to Marvel, um, this is probably like one of the most surprising ones for me, aside from Robbie Reyes. Um, Kurt Russell, I love Kurt Russell. He's one of my favorite actors. This is established because you know, like the thing and. Big Trouble with China and whatnot. Not only is he Star Lord's dad, I mean, we heard rumors about this for a long while, so that so th- that's not news per se. It's confirmed now, but he's Star Lord's dad is also Ego. Ego is this giant sentient talking bearded planet from the comics. So this is mind blowing because like how how is this possible how how is this gonna work star lord's dad's a planet basically ego took a human form human forms kurt russell kurt russell as ego's human form daddied up uh star lord that's the jesus big trouble in little galaxy <laughs> big trouble little galaxy um it's really interesting because uh, james james gunn did an interview explaining explaining to him uh, explaining himself about how this this crazy casting came out and he was saying how well when the first Gal- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out there was a lot of skepticism like how the hell are you going to make a, a talking raccoon a sympathetic uh, not not just sympathetic but one of the most beloved characters of the franchise and then that became a smash hit so Man, he made a fucking tree lovable come on Exactly, exactly. So then, like... Root's just lovable in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. But James Gunn, not, you know, always wanted to push the envelope. He he, he cast her, he wrote in Ego into the movie to prov- provide himself a challenge. He's like, what other character is so ridiculous, but I can make him, I can make the entire audience love him. And so, naturally, he stopped upon a sentient talking bearded planet. And I don't care. I love Kurt Russell. I, you know, he's 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 been having this this slow burn resurgence and revival back in Hollywood, starting with uh, Death Proof, and then going on with True Grit, Tarantino's latest movie, The Hateful Eight. Anything Kurt Russell, I'm on board. And I think this is a really really funny and interesting role for him. And now that Marvel has thrown down the gauntlet, DC needs to introduce Mogo into the Green Lantern movie. And by the gauntlet, do you mean the Infinity Gauntlet? Uh, yeah. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Andy, this one's uh, really up your alley. Danae Guerrera, uh, Michonne from The Walking Dead, she's been casted into the Black Panther movie. And no. The hype. All the hype. Yeah, Black Panther's gonna be 
incredible at this point, just by a cast alone. Oh, damn. Okay, so Danae Guerrero, she's going to play Okoye, and she's the head of the Dora Milaje, so that's the the badass female personal bodyguards of the of Black Panther. Uh, we did see one of the Dora Malaji uh, in the in Civil War, um, and that was like she she only had like two lines, but like her presence was so badass, and she she had the the gall and like the she had like the stones to face face down black widow and she says like move or you will be moved and the delivery was perfect so uh michonne as like the leader of that badass bodyguard team oh that's perfect i love it yeah yeah i'm really i'm really super hyped for black panther i think it's gonna be like so fucking cool i think this movie is gonna be amazing i mean Black Panther's performance in Civil War was just on point and, like, amazing. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You know what? I I also missed um, Doctor Strange. There's a second trailer that came out. Um, did you guys see that? Didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to see it. Okay. It's basically more, like, crazy, over-the-top paprika inception imagery. Um, they also... They also revealed more footage of the villain, so Mads Mikkelsen of Hannibal fame. Uh, I'm not quite familiar with the character or the property, but he looks freaking scary. There's this just crazy. I I, I can't tell it like the the visuals in this movie. Like the the coolest scene. I uh, remember the from the first trailer. Uh, like it, it was like Inception, the city the the city scene from Inception. Um, so that there's a scene where it's like maybe right out of Gravity Rush, where like the entire world is rotated nine degrees, um, and so like the skyscrapers are like the, the ground, and then Doctor Strange leaps into a skyscraper and it starts collapsing in on itself like a black hole, and it's all crystally and pixelated and po- polygonal, and it's like oh my god, what is going on? So I'm so excited. For Doctor Strange, um, I think it's about it for big news. Is there any other news or I, announcements? I think we we pretty comprehensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there was like some other smaller stuff. Like there was like a Samurai Jack panel. Um, There's also a Walking Dead trailer, which looked fucking phenomenal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't actually see that. Uh, what happened? Or actually, was it? Wait, was that the one where uh, Negan's walking around with the bat and he's like threatening? Yeah, and okay. every character he goes near shows like flashes of what what happened to them. Mm-hmm. But this season is going to by far be the best. Nice. I I, I saw some news um, the other day. They showed images of one of the Walking Dead characters. I forget his name, but he has a pet tiger. Yeah, Ezekiel with the pet tiger. Yep. Uh, What do you think of that casting? I I think he looks spot on. So far, most of their casting has been spot on to the comic books. And uh, I'm kind of surprised by that because you usually don't get that many characters that look like who who plays the characters look like the comic characters and feel like the comic characters. But I think he looks amazing, so I'm excited for uh, this season of The Walking Dead. 
Yeah. Uh, do we have a release date? Is it, it going to be like around the same time as New York Comic Con as usual? October 23rd. All right. All right. So like the week after New York City. Oh, uh, two weeks after New York City Comic Con. Okay. Cool. Good shit. Yep. We done here? Yeah, there is one last thing. Jonah Vasquez, the creator of Vader Zim, um, he released a – he wrote a fantastic script for this really hilarious Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sketch. Um, it, it's by far one of the funniest things I've ever seen for the Turtles ever. Um, I'll post that in the show notes too. If you're a fan of Invader Zim, it has that really weird, uh, awkward – kind of black humor surrealist kind of humor to it and just seeing that applied to the turtles was was really awesome um uh, and i i've i joan has been doing the invader zim comic that's been going on in the last couple of months but i don't this is the first time i've seen him do anything animated recently i mean not since invader zim which was well over 15 years ago already which and i feel old uh, <laughs> um, and the other thing I'm really excited about Funimation thank you Funimation for just bringing over all the good stuff in Japan and licensing it Godzilla Resurgence the the new movie uh, with Shin Godzilla it's going to be released in Japan in a couple of weeks but uh, Godzilla Resurgence is coming to the US and uh, like Funimation has been doing that a lot with like all the anime movies with Dragon Ball and Death Note and Attack on Titan um, they're doing it with Roni Kenshin, all, all three movies, the live action movies. And now they're doing Godzilla. So Funimation, good for you. Uh, thank you. You're awesome. All right, guys. Well, this has been our super extra San Diego Comic-Con long ass. Our surprise Comic-Con special. <laughs> which Chris also learned who Silver the Hedgehog was in. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, supernerdpals.com. Google Play, rate us, send us to your friends, recommend us, let everyone see us. Review us on iTunes because that's how people find us. No yeah. less than five stars or six if you can manage. <laughs> six hedgehogs, please. Just rate us 25 hedgehogs out of five. You can find me on Twitter at SweetJustice1. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Stan, by the way. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. And I'm Chris. You can find me on Twitter at K- uh, Whoa, wow. You can find me at Twitter at Kyo Nitra for Hire. That's K-Y-O Nitra for Hire. You can also find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. If you follow our anime podcast, Anime is Weird, you can follow us at at Anime is Weird. Um, we also have all of our social media platforms. You can find it on SuperNerdPals.com. We have links to our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Tumblr, uh, blog posts, all the episodes, everything. So that's your one-stop shop for all your Super, super Nerd Pal needs. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Peace out.